Hey guys, it's Heather. Did you know that the best way to keep up to date on all of our swimmings is through our Wayo app? It's free and available on both the App Store and on Google Play. We're starting Pentecost weekend off on June 2nd with our Friday night worship, followed by a food packing event with Project 58 on Saturday, and our Pentecost services on Sunday, June 4th. This week's sermon, we have Jacqueline Patio speaking on 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, entitled, Don't Let Glory Leave the House. Enjoy this message. Come on and bless God in the house. Bless him. Bless him, bless him. Bless him, bless him. I'm giving you guys a heads up right now. These shoes I have on, this is my third go-round in them. And for some reason, I must have preached hard the first service. They start coming apart. <laughs> They're not cheap shoes, but they started coming apart. So I'm like, okay, what do I do, Lord? He said, well, listen, when Moses came in my presence, he took his shoes off. So, hey, this is what I'm saying. If I got to preach them off, take them off, I'm going to take them off. I'm giving you a heads up. Please forgive me, mother and father, for me taking my shoes off. But I was in the back and... Um, earlier, the first service, and, and, and I said to Pastor Ken and Ms. Bev, and I said, you know, this morning when I got up and just walking through the house, I said, Lord, you know, uh, mom and dad is going to be in the house today. And he th brought me back to when we were little kids, and I don't know about y'all, if y'all were saved all your life, but let me help you out anyway. When we were little, it was nine of us, eight girls and one boy, when my mom then would go to work, my brother would teach us how to fight. So he would move all the furniture back in the front room in the living area to teach us how to fight because our neighbors behind us, they had all boys and one girl. And the Matthews thought they ruled the roost, but the Williams had to take over. So as a result, he taught us how to fight. So when mom and them come home, nobody knew that we were doing anything wrong. We were all right. So when I talked with Pastor Kenny and Ms. Bev this morning, I said, well, you're in the house with us this morning. I'm going to do everything I can to behave myself because mom and dad is in the house. So if you guys see me calm today, it's only because they're in the house. <laughs> now, y'all know y'all not, not believing that, are you? <laughs> I'm just trying to loosen you up. We, we're, we had a blessed time this morning in the first service, and we are expecting God to do something mighty in this service. And of course, I want to acknowledge again uh, Miss Belvis, Happy Mother's Day, uh, Mother Maddox, Happy Mother's Day. I just believe in acknowledging and honoring uh, men and women of God and the importance of us honoring them. So uh, I don't take this, this opportunity for granted. I just want to thank them for the opportunity to be able to minister, to hear, minister here this morning. And of course, my newfound friend, Sand Sandeep, he's been with us for all week long, and we're just thankful. And of course, my all my colleagues in the ministry, we're excited about you being here also. This morning we have a, uh, to me is an unusual word, but it's a good word, and I think it's a time word, timely word for where we are right now. We're going to be looking in at 2 Samuel 6 and 11 through 12, and uh, this is just a good word, and, and I, I just believe this word is going to minister to you, but you, you got to be ready to receive what God is saying this morning. We're going to look at only two scriptures, and we're going to build from that. Only two verses of this chapter. We're going to look at verses 11 and 12. And the verse reads, says, The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. Say 90 days. 90 days. 
<clears throat> y'all need to say that like y'all witness. Say 90 days. 90 days. Now, I can see if this was 9 o'clock. <laughs> y'all have eaten breakfast. You got plenty of time to get here, so wake up now because we're going we're gonna to be moving fast. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household, said Obed-Edom Obed and all his household. <clears throat> now I was told, King David, saying that the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. So, Lord, this is your word, and we stand on your word. We thank you that it's already manifesting in the hearts and the minds of your people. Speak to us today, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. From generation to generation, from season to season, I believe the Lord rebuilds his church so that the kingdom can be better manifested in the earth. That's what I believe. I believe when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, we're standing in agreement <clears throat> with God to declare what is happening in the heavens to be released in the earth. I believe right now in this season that God has opened heaven's portal and released his Shekinah glory. I believe that. Pastor Ken and Ms. Belva, I believe that we're in the midst of the prophecy released by Sadhu over six years ago. I believe that. When he said that God has chosen this church to make his glory known in a greater dimension. I believe that. The word Shekinah in Hebrew means dwelling place of God or a place where God rests. This is when God's glory transcends and the spiritual realm manifests into the physical realm. Now we need to understand there's a difference between anointing released by God and his Shekinah glory that's released by God. When the anointing is released, follow me now, God uses human beings like you and I to carry out an assignment to manifest his glory. But when the Shekinah glory is released, he doesn't need anyone to do anything. His glory shows up. It does what it wants. It does it how it wants when it wants, how long it wants, and everybody wants are met at the same time. When the glory realm has been tapped or touched, whatever is revealed in the heavens becomes prophetic in the earth. And that's why the Bible says in Amos 3 and 7, surely the Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. When the glory realm has been touched or tapped into, unusual instructions require unusual obedience. In order to receive from the glory realm, you have to be obedient to the vision. 
God always asks you to do something possible so he can do the impossible. When I sought the Lord during the preparation of this sermon, I, I didn't get revelation until I laid down to rest. And when I laid my head on the pillow, immediately I went into a trance. I could visually see people walking, hands lifted, praying and worshiping in this place. I visually saw that take place. And then I can hear the prophecy that was released by Sadhu that God had given this church, chosen this church to make his glory known in a greater dimension. And then I heard him say, if ye be willing, O man of God, to establish a house of prayer and a house of worship, then I will create an atmosphere for his glory to abide in the midst. God will surely visit you and your people in a way. Now, that resonated in my spirit. And when the deep things resonate in your spirit, you can be assured it will manifest. That's why the Bible says God, but God has had revealed them unto us in the, by his spirit. For the spirit search all things, the deep things of God. In, in other words, it is only through the spirit that the secret things of God will be revealed. So, so this morning, I'm going to spend a few moments with you from, and preach from this sermon title, Don't Let the Glory Leave the House. Are you with me? Yes. Don't let the glory leave the house. When we think about the word house, it denotes two connotations. A house, a, a building for human habitation, that's where we all live, we all have a house. And then a building in which people meet for a particular activity, like a house of prayer and a house of worship. So today I'm going to be interchangeably using this word house, which refers to this house and was going to refer to our house and intertwine the two throughout the message. And if you recall over the past two Sundays, we've heard messages about God's glory. The first message, Pastor Kent told us, and if you recall, he told us to go home and declare the glory of God in your house. And if you recall, he began to tell us that he went and looked out one window and released the glory to his son's house, and he released the glory to the other son's house. Do y'all remember that? Understand, I, he wasn't just giving us some spiritual busy work. What he was doing it was he was encouraging us to come in agreement with God and partner with God what God wants to do. So, 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 listen, everything that God wants to do, we have the authority to partner with him. If you think about it, when the Israelites crossed over the Jordan and they entered the promised land, they experienced a complete shift and change. Instead of living on in the mercy and the grace of God and being sustained by him with food and provisions, they had to partner with him in everything. They had to occupy and take the land. Y'all remember that? They had to shed one way of thinking for another. You see, God was leading them into the glory of his promises. And even now, God is leading us into the glory of his promises. But some of us are not moving because we're satisfied with familiarity. And it's time to shake off the familiarity. The old wine skin is gone. Say bye-bye, old wine skin. 
We, we got to step into the new. We, we must rise into the new if we expect the new. God is ready to raise us up into his new level of glory. When he told us last Sunday, Isaiah 60 and 1, he said, Arise and shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. It's time to get up and move into him. Then his glory will arise in us and we will shine and be radiant with his glory. Not only in our house, but in his house too. And I believe, I believe that, that, that there's a transfer. What you do in your house transfers to this house. So let me help you out. If you ain't praising and worshiping in your house, the chances are you coming in this house to praise and worship will be slim and none. And I'm trying to encourage you. I'm trying to stir you up. I'm trying to get you moving to understand the importance of what you do in your house transfers in this house. Shout, don't let the glory leave the house. When Jesus, when Jesus prayed in, in John 17, and I like this chapter, that's one of my favorite books and chapters, he asked the Father to give us oneness with him, oneness in his glory, and oneness in love with him, he and the Father. I mean, I love that. When, when the manifestation of God's presence is revealed, radical transformation takes place in the lives of people. This is what happened in the life of a, man, of, a, of a man by the name of Obed Eden. His life and his entire household was radically changed when the presence of God moved into his house. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 6 and 11, it says the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed Eden the Gittite three months, say 90 days. And the Lord blessed Obed Eden, say O-E, in all his household. Before we can even talk about Obed Eden, I need to give you a little brief Sunday school lesson on the ark. How many of you have been to Sunday school before? Only a few. Put your hands down. We're going to get there. Give you a little brief lesson on the ark. See, the ark of God was symbolic of the presence on earth, of his presence on earth. And God had instructed Moses to build the ark and place three things in the ark. First thing, it was, it was the uh, Aaron's rod that budded. The second thing was the golden pot with the manna. The third thing was the tablets of stone, which is the Ten Commandments. And the ark could only be carried by the priests on their shoulders. Everybody couldn't touch the ark. But this is the part that really got me. I didn't get this revelation until early this morning in the a.m., 2 a.m., somewhere up in there. On top of the ark, and I had already seen it, but the revelation of it I didn't have. Set two cherubims face to face with their wings spread, which protected the things of God. Now, you got to go back and look in Genesis. Before the fall of man, Adam and Eve was responsible to protect the garden. Y'all remember that? Everything that they'd given him, God had given him full autonomy and dominion over the garden. But then after the fall, the Bible says God removed them from the garden. And you got to go back and look at Genesis 3 and 24. He removed them from the garden and the scripture shows where he placed cherubims, plural, more than one, at the east of the garden to protect the things of God. Now check this out. Here's the revelation, or here's the good stuff. Now that Jesus has come, and you remember when he was hung on the cross, the veil was rent in two, 
Now that Jesus has come and our sins have been washed away, we have access to enter into the presence of God. Now, understand this thing. Now, you have access to enter, simply meaning that you don't have to press to do anything. You have access. It tells me you have a choice. That's why he gives us an invitation. He says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Then he says, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find help in the time of need. That's, a, that's an invitation and that's access. And that tells me we have a choice. So now, the Bible says that the Philistines had stolen the ark. They placed it before God, their God, God Dagon, as a trophy. And the next morning, when they woke up, they found Dagon prostrated before the ark with his head and his hands cut off. So now, we're now moving the ark. This is 20 years afterwards. We're moving the ark of God from Abinadad's house back to Jerusalem or the city of David. But there were some specific instructions that came with moving the ark that David didn't know anything about. So that's what got him into trouble. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 6 and 3 that they set the ark up on a new cart. Abinadad's house set up on a hill. They set the ark on the new cart and they were bringing the ark down the hill. Abinadad's two sons, Uzzah and Aio, were the ones to move the ark. While moving the ark down the hill, the ark tilted over a little bit and Uzzah stretched his hands out and when he touched the ark, he immediately died. So as a result of it, it frightened David. And David decided he wasn't going to continue this journey. So he ended up leaving the ark at the home of Obed-Eden. This takes us to our first point. Out of bad, there's always something good. Out of bad, there's always something good. It was bad that a man dropped dead. It was bad that they didn't understand the instructions of how to move the ark. That was bad. But out of the bad, it was good for Obed-Eden. Now, in order to understand who Obed-Eden was, we need to give you a little background on him. First of all, he was not tied to any royalty. His name reveals that he wasn't fit to do anything great. His name means, first portion of his name means slave. The second portion of his name, Eden, indicates that he was an Edomite. And the Edomites came from the lineage of Esau. The Edomites were the enemies of the children of Israel. And it was the Edomites who prevented the children of Israel from passing through their territory to get to the promised land. Not only that, he lived in the city of Gat. Gat was the city in which David went to fight Goliath. Y'all remember that? But in, in spite of all that, guess what? The ark was sitting in his house. That's powerful. He wasn't a mighty man. He wasn't even a soldier. Let's just put it in plain vernacular English today. He was a nobody. His father was a Levite of the family of Korah. He was a Gentile. 
The only thing he had going to some degree was the fact that he was a, a Levite and he, could, he, could, uh, he was allowed to protect the ark because of the law of Moses. In other words, Oban Eden came from the wrong side of the track. But how about you, how many of you know but God? Anybody have had a but God experience? Nobody in here but me had a but God experience? Come on now, you got, if you say you say Holy Ghost filled, you should have had a but God experience by now. God ended up living in his house. Ain't nobody inherits the ark of God in their house. How could that possibly be? But God. I like but God moments because when but God shows up, <laughs> he turns your mourning into joy. When but God shows up, all things are working together for your good. When but God shows up, your enemies will become your footstool. Shout but God. It doesn't matter about your background. It doesn't matter about your educational experience. It doesn't matter where you live, who's living next to you. It doesn't matter when God shows up. Something is going to change in your life. The key is it's letting him show up. This takes us into our second point. We got to move from visitation to habitation. Say move from visitation to habitation. Do y'all understand what the word move means? Why everybody's still sitting down? Now, Obed Eden is entering into the most promising intensive experience that he's ever had in his life the ark of God is in his house and is blessing him in his house listen to me if the ark of God can kill a man what would the ark of God presence do when he's your friend y'all better talk back to me if God blessed Obed Eden and everything around him, why wouldn't he bless us the same way? See, all you got to do is, is accept him into your household. See, that's something, something about this whole thing with Obed Edom and the ark and the blessing. The scripture does not bear out all the details, but I'm going to use our sanctified Holy Ghost minds this morning. And we're going, to, we're going to expand on the possible things that could have happened at Obed-Edom house. Well, first thing could be is this. Obed-Edom has five acres of land. But he wakes up to go out to cut the grass. Now he has 500 acres. Obed-Edom goes into the shed to get his lawnmower. But he looks out, there's no shed, there's a barn. <laughs> then he opens the door to the barn. He doesn't have a lawnmower anymore. He has a John Deere tractor. Oh, <laughs> Y'all can relate to that, can't you? <clears throat> then, then, then he gets ready to get on the tractor to go cut his 500 acres. The servers are lined up saying, how may we help you? See, y'all ain't getting it. Y'all don't like blessings. See, see, you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to visualize yourself there. You see, it cannot come forth until you visualize yourself. 
listen, not only visualize, but then you got to call it out. You got to call those things that be not as though they were. You see, the problem that we're still where we are because we don't know how to speak life over ourselves. We don't know how to call and say the things God has said that we are. I am that I am is what he said. And since he is, I am what he says. I am. Listen to me, people of God. We got to get to a place where we begin to stand on what God's word says. Hold up, shoot. Don't just hold up. I get stirred up when I see believers don't get this thing. Visualize this. This man shows up to go cut his grass. His grass go from five acres to 500 acres. Boy, that's something else. And listen to me. It doesn't stop there because the scripture says his whole house or everything. The old mangy dog that was scratching on the side of the wall. Listen, all of a sudden, the mane's gone and the fleas gone. You, I'm trying to help you get outside the box. Think about it. Think about it. The wife who's been sitting in the house complaining because she doesn't have a life. All of a sudden, she becomes innovative and it changes the world. I'm trying to get you to see when the presence of God moves in your house, things are going to change. The eight sons that he has, all of them get full scholarships to the University of, Jer of Jerusalem. Come on and help me in here. When he shows up in your house, things are going to change. That wayward wife changes. That wayward husband changes. Them difficult children changes. Even the dog bows down and lick your feet because he got to change. The presence of God in your house. There's something about when he shows up. Hey, God, I thank you, God. I know you're saying I'm crazy. But I'm not crazy. I'm trying to wake you up and see what happens when the presence of God shows up. Oh, Lord, the Holy Ghost has shifted me. I'm trying to wake you up in here. You cannot sit in the presence of God and don't change. You can't experience his goodness and you don't change. Hey, God. Woo! My, 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 God. Glory to your name, God. We bless you in this place, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo! My God, my God, my God. My God. Woo, God. We haven't bought into the goodness and the blessings of God. We're so stagnated. I'm trying to stir you up and get you out of the stagnation of your thinking. We settle for the lesson versus getting the best. We say, oh, it's just good enough. We don't serve just a good enough God. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. He's our El Shaddai. He's not our El Goodbye. He's more than enough. Oh, God. Nothing like him. When he pray, his presence rests in your house, your past is erased, your future is revealed. 
Your lack has to get back. Your pain can't remain. Your fear must disappear. Your sins are washed away. Your weakness turning to strength. Your priorities are put in order. Your depression comes to joy. Your flawed thinking starts changing. I'm trying to tell you, let the presence of God get in your house. Shout, don't let the glory leave the house. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Don't let the glory of the Lord leave the house. This takes us to our third point. Hey, we got to move when God moves. My brother just said to me, he said, I got a revelation on this thing. He said, when the cloud moves, don't what? Follow the cloud, Follow the cloud and not the crowd. See, that's why many of us are stuck. Because we won't follow the cloud. We'll follow the crowd. But Obed Eden had to make a decision. Here come David. David shows up because he got word that the Obed Edens was blessed in his house. So David shows up and said, I'm going to take the uh, ark of God back to Jerusalem. David said, huh, if he's going to have favor, I'm going to get favor. I said early the other day, if I see Pastor Kent and Miss Bev getting favor, you can rest assured I'm going to find out what they got going on. The problem with many of us, we're afraid to move with the cloud. We want to hang with the crowd. But when it comes to following Jesus, I don't care what you think. I'm going to be crazy and I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to be crazy and I'm going to follow Jesus. I can remember years ago, we was in this little Baptist church in, in Texas. And the Lord spoke to me in the back of the uh, church. He said, there's more to me than what you see. And I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, you're going to have to get up and move. I said, how can I move, Lord? My husband is here too. Now, you got to understand, my husband come from a Catholic background. He don't have a clue either. But guess what? And he said, the Lord said, in two days, he's going to tell you what to do. In two days, my husband woke up from after working all night. He said, Jackie, it's time for us to get up and move. We got to leave that church. Most folk would have said, well, let's talk and see what the pastor think. Let's see what our friends are thinking. Oh, we need to pray through this for another moment. But when God say move, you got to get up and move. When the cloud move, you remember that? The children of Israel followed the cloud, but when the cloud stopped, they stopped. I'm trying to tell you, in this place, there's a Shekinah glory resting, and God is trying to move us in to another level of his glory, but he can't move us if you're not willing to move with him. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be the one that the rocks are crying out for. If he say praise him, I'm going to praise him. If he say shout, I'm going to shout. If he say move, I'm going to move. If he say sit down, I'm going to sit down. 
I'm trying to tell you, you got to move when the cloud moves. Obed-Eden made a decision to move his family to Jerusalem. 62 people trekked with him to Jerusalem. One man made a decision and brought his entire family with him. How many priests are there in the house? It's time for us to step up and be the priests of the house. Priests don't necessarily mean you're a man or a woman, but the last time I read my Bible, hey, he said we're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a peculiar people. That tells me I'm in the lineage of something, and all I got to do is stay in alignment with what God is doing. And when I stay in alignment with what he's doing, I am, am going to be blessed. I'm going to be blessed coming in. I'm going to be blessed going out. I'm going to be blessed when I just show up. I'm going to be blessed when I don't show up. I'm just trying to tell you, invite the presence of God. Let him habitate in your house. Everywhere you go, favor will follow you. I went to the mall a couple of weeks ago. And every time I go buy something, I'm going to talk to the Lord because I'm looking for a deal. <laughs> this is real. So I went to Lane Bryant, okay? That's for us full-figure women. <laughs> and there was a dress I had been watching to go down on price. I wasn't trying to shortchange myself, but I'm just wise when it comes to some money. Because you know why I need some money to help move the kingdom? I ain't stupid now. So I get to the counter. I said, y'all have any coupons? And the young lady says, no. We don't have any. And she had this look on her face, and she goes, this has never happened to me. She said, I just heard the voice of the Lord say, give you 50% off the disc of already. It was already marked down. I said, you did what? She said, I heard the Lord. I said, hold my mule, baby. I'm going to shout right up in here. I got to shout. <laughs> in Lane Bryant. See, I ain't got no shame in my game. I recognize when God is blessing me. And I'm not going to shut up when he's blessing me. I'm not going to shut up when he's blessing me. I'm going to shout to the world and let the world know that it's in him and move, that I live moving to have my being. I'm telling you, it ain't about no happenstance. We got to start connecting our lives to the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords, recognize what he wants to do in your life. And I'm saying to us today, we need to invite him in. Yeah. Amen. Not just for some time. 
Not when things are going bad. He needs to be in all the time. Oh, don't sit down. Stand up. Everybody. I'm done. I'm done like well chicken. I know without a shadow of a doubt that all we have to do is live in the presence of God every single day of our lives. The presence of God will preserve you. Yes, it will. Look, I'll be 60 in two months. Ain't nowhere in the world no 60-year-old woman can do all I'm doing up here. Now, I may have to sleep for a week, but praise God. Y'all better hear me. He preserves us. He keeps us. He protects us. He provides for us. He's bigger than what we can even imagine or think. He's able to do exceeding abundant of all that we can ask or think. But we got to begin to listen. All we got to do is invite him in. And I promise you, when you get him at your house, we come in here collectively as a people. Oh, my gosh. Talking about raising the roof. The Shekinah glory of God in his presence. I, I don't know about you, but I ain't satisfied. I want more and more of him. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I want to implore you and encourage you to go after. You want more and more. Don't settle for mediocrity. Get into his presence. Go and take, take authority in your home. Authority over your children. Authority over your wife and your everybody. Just take authority. Husband and wives, come in agreement that the glory of God will reside in your homes. I'm challenging you. Don't stay at this place. The old wineskin is gone. We're in the new. And as we just come into his presence right now, I I'm not going to even dismiss you. I'm just going to let the spirit of God do whatever it wants. But I'm saying to you, don't let the glory of God leave your house. And don't let it leave this house. We want to stay in his presence. We want to honor him and worship him in the beauty of his holiness. In Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed this message. For more content like this, please visit wordalive.tv or download the Wayo app. If you're ready for your next step, jump into Freedom Track anytime. Have a great week.